It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Uh, welcome into a Tuesday. You know, it's a weird week because... Ah, let's do the opening. Welcome into uh, M&M Carnage, presents Spears on Sports. It is Tuesday, March 22nd. Um, it's a weird week because there's nothing going on yesterday or today or tomorrow. We're just kind of sitting around waiting. Baseball's in spring training, and I know the NBA's going on, but uh, in women's basketball, I get that. In fact, Nick Curran from uh, the Louisville radio play-by-play announcer and uh, Bats play-by-play announcer will join me in about 15 minutes to talk about the Cardinals in the Sweet 16 of the women's tournament. They'll head to Wichita for a Saturday game against Tennessee. That's the one versus the four seed in the Wichita region. The two seed, Baylor, got knocked out uh, by South Dakota. South Dakota will play three seed Michigan in the other Wichita game. But we'll talk to Nick Kern about that. But after the crazy weekend, what I called yesterday the best weekend of the year, Thursday through Sunday, in my opinion, without question, first and second round of the NCAA men's basketball tournament is the best four days of the year. I've been to Vegas for it before. It's crazy. Um, At least one or two of those days, I'm usually at a buddy's house with some friends, knocking back some adult beverages and betting some games and having a great time. I actually went to Indianapolis to watch Kentucky lose um, this week and St. Peter's win, and I saw Tennessee win and then lose. I saw Michigan win a pair. So it's fun, great, and then you get to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and you're just sitting around waiting for Thursday to get here. Four games Thursday night, four games Friday night, two games each on Saturday and Sunday, another great weekend of college hoops. But what do we do? It's like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to watch. I'm watching, uh, I watch Winning Time, Episode 3, the Lakers Dynasty series on HBO, I'm looking on Turner Classic Movies to try to find an old movie I haven't seen. It's Oscar month, so they're replaying all these Oscar films. I do that a lot. I had my grandson yesterday, went over to St. X just to hang out with him and took took uh, him and the wife over there. We just let him run around and play, watch some St. X JV and freshman baseball. I'm just waiting for Thursday. That's what we're doing. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450, if you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. The Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Now, there's plenty to talk about, and... That's what this show's all about. I'm supposed to come in here and talk. NFL never sleeps. I said this over and over again. The NFL wants to be in the news 365 days a year. They want it to be good news, but you know what? They'll take bad news. Quarter, there is a transfer portal going on in the NFL right now. It is. When you hear transfer portal, you wonder where your favorite college football and college basketball players are going, where uh, what, who you're getting from other schools. But in the NFL, this is a quarterback transfer portal right now because everybody is moving around. And there are all, 
there are only so many spots. It's musical chairs. Who's going to get left out here? And it looks like Baker Mayfield's going to get left out. Uh, Jameis Winston signed a deal. Mar- Marcus Mariota Oda signed a deal. Matt Ryan moving on to Indianapolis, which I think, by the way, is an upgrade for the Colts. So NFL always in the news. I'm waiting for college basketball. College basketball coaches portal. How about that? How about that? This has been a crazy year as far as college basketball and coaches being let go because there's a lot. In the SEC alone, six schools will have new coaches this season. And this is getting done quickly. Nobody's waiting around till the tournament's over. Nobody's saying, you know what, Kelvin Sampson, we'd like to have him, but Houston's still playing, so we're going to have to wait. Eric Musselman is on our list, but Arkansas's still playing, so we're going to have to wait here. Um, you know, the guy at St. Peter's, Shaheen Holloway, he's the hot topic name for Seton Hall now that Kevin Willard has taken his talents to Maryland. That's probably a done deal. We won't know until St. Peter's is officially out of the tournament, which we thought would be last weekend, but it's in all likelihood will be this weekend. Ed Cooley, does he want an upgrade from Providence? I think he just got a new contract, so there are buyout issues there. Maybe he's happy at Providence College. So you got all of these coaches. And the guy at Iowa State, whose name I will quite frankly tell you I don't know. Iowa State had two wins last year. Two. Two wins, zero conference wins in the Big 12. They not only made the dance this year, but they are in the Sweet 16, and they will play Miami on Friday night with the the latest game available. But in the Southeastern Conference, six teams out of 14 now have new coaches. We start with Georgia. They they, They picked within the division. Not just within the conference, but within the division. And they said, let's take Florida's Mike White. Florida ends up with Todd Golden from San Francisco, LSU. Uh, This came down yesterday. Gets Matt McMahon from Murray State. Did a great job at Murray State. Uh, And you know what? Murray State, by the way, Mick Cronin, um, they've had a number of terrific coaches that have gone on to greener pastures. It's like... You know, let's be honest, Murray State's a stepping stone. It is. A lot of these mid-major schools are stepping stones. If you win your conference, get into the tournament, do any damage in the tournament at all, hey, you can you can parlay it into a better job. You're a hot commodity. Mac McMahon leaves Murray State to go to LSU, and he has a seven-year deal. And he's got a deal where if they uh, are handed some sanctions, he'll get extra years at the end of the deal. He'll get more years if they get probation. If they lose scholarships, he gets a a year if they lose two or more scholarships. So good deal here for for Matt McMahon. And you're going from the OVC to the SEC. I know the SEC's had a tough, tough tournament. That's a big upgrade. Chris Jans, New Mexico State. They win their first-round game against uh, UConn, right? Then they give – uh, a top a top seed, all they want in the second round, and lose to Arkansas, a four seed. Chris Jans off to Mississippi State. He'll replace Ben Howland. 
Dennis Gates, Cleveland State head coach, moves in at Missouri today. And Lamont Paris, who took Chattanooga to the tournament, is the new head coach at South Carolina. So six guys in new spots in the SEC. Six schools with brand-new basketball coaches. That doesn't happen very often. That doesn't happen very often. You had six teams in the tournament, right? Now six teams that weren't in the tournament got new coaches. You literally have two teams left in the Southeastern Conference that did not make the tournament that kept their coach. Jerry Stockhouse, now this is off the top of my head, Jerry Stockhouse, who got to the NIT and I think has done a great job at Vanderbilt, he keeps his job, and I can't. I don't even know who the other one is. Ole Miss, I guess. Kermit Davis is still alive and kicking at Ole Miss, and quite frankly, I'm surprised he's not gone. I'm surprised he's not gone. So we've got the coaches transfer portal. We've got the NFL transfer portal, quarterback transfer portal. And we're still waiting on the college basketball transfer portal. Football's pretty much done, college football. And now we're going to see who stays, who goes. John Calipari last night did not uh, did not take questions on his live call-in show. First of all, it wasn't live. They pre-taped it. Tom Leach asked all the questions to Cal, and these were questions that were allegedly submitted by listeners ahead of time, and the, the show was taped ahead of time because Cal was on the recruiting trail last night. This is not endearing. He's not endearing himself to fans who are already mad enough. And I get it. Look, you just lost to St. Peter's. Oh, Buzz Williams at A&M. Now, oh, there you go. He's still there. You just lost to St. Peter's, right? Your fan base is upset. 9 and 16 last year. They're unhappy. And they want some answers. And guess what? Not going to give it to him. Not going to give it to him. Now, he can say he's out recruiting. He can say he's on vacation in Hawaii. I don't care what he says. The bottom line is the fan base wanted to listen to the call in show. It's the last one of the year because you've lost. You're done. Six to seven last night. And what they got was a taped version of Tom Leach asking Cal questions that I'm sure were predetermined here. The guy that sent in the question, the Big Blue Nation fan who sent in the question, uh, you know, don't you think you should be doing better with the talent you have over these last several years? That guy's question didn't get on. I mean, let's be honest. His question didn't get asked. There were a couple of things answered. The guy that called in, I will say this. Here's the guy. The guy that said, hey, here are the here are the players you've had. Here are the players you've had. You've coached at Kentucky. Why didn't you win more than one title so far? Here are the players you've coached. Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, P.J. Washington, Demarcus Cousins, John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, Tyler Hero, Julius Randle, Malik Monk, Jamal Murray, the Harrison Twins, Tyler Ulis, 
we can go back to UMass and Marcus Camby. We can go to back to Memphis and Derrick Rose. How have you only won one title? That question did not get asked. That's the one I would ask. It did. Now, we did get some information from Coach Cal. We did. Um, Damian Collins may be one of the best players in the country last next year. Okay. All right. You like what you see in practice? Apparently, it didn't translate into games except one game at Alabama. He didn't get in the game against St. Peter's. If he's that good and he's got that much potential, why didn't he play more? Well, you're stuck behind Oscar Shibway. Okay, I get that. But there were games Damian Collins didn't get off the bench. Ty Ty Washington, maybe he comes back. Okay, that's information, I guess. But you know what? Maybe he doesn't. Maybe can uh, settle a lot of arguments because, hey, I only said maybe. Yeah, maybe he comes back. Well, you know what? Maybe he doesn't. So, uh, Shaden Sharp, we learned, is going to, according to Cal, quote, explore his options. Remember when he wasn't going to play him? Ah, oh, we'll have him next year. Don't worry about it. He wants to uh, – working on his game. He looks great in practice. Looks great in practice. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I understand that. He looked great in practice. And see what he looks like in a game. Nope, not going to do it. It's all about the kid. All about the kid here. The fan does is the fan is getting tired of hearing that. The fan wants it to be all about winning another title, right? All about getting to another Final Four. They don't want it to be all about the player. They want it to be some about the player. Okay, I get that. But fan base does not want it to be all about the player. Some of it has to be about getting to the Final Four, winning games in the NCAA tournament having more than one title in 13 years with the talent you, you've uh, inundated this roster with. So Ty Ty might be back. Sharp probably not going to be back from the comments last night, although explore. He's going to explore uh, his options. Well, he's got two. He's got two options, right? He's not going anywhere else. He's got two options, play at Kentucky, Go to the NBA draft. That's it. I don't know how much exploring you have to do. Are you good enough to play in the league? According to Cal, according to the practices he had this year, according to the uh, prognosticators before he even got to Kentucky, yes, he's good enough to play in the league. Are you going to get a big enough NIL deal to stay at Kentucky? Maybe that's the exploration. What kind of NIL deal can we get for this kid can we give him a Porsche, too? Because Ty Ty's got one. Oscar's got one. Let's check with the dealership. You may not like the rules, but that's what they are. Let's check with the uh, Porsche. Is it Porsche or Porsche? Porsche dealership. Can we get Shaden Sharp, a Porsche, and maybe another NIL deal. Because right now, and this is going to change, right now there are no limits on these NIL deals. There's no salary cap here. You can make whatever you want to make. And it's all above board here. It's all above board. We'll talk more about the Cats, more about the coaching carousel, more about the NFL quarterback carousel. Preview the games. Got NBA action last night. LeBron, he is just enjoying life right now. The Lakers stink. But he's having a great time, according to LeBron.
We'll talk about all that. Nick Curran, Louisville women's basketball play-by-play voice and voice of the Louisville Bats as well, will join me after the break. We'll uh, assess the cards' chances in Wichita this weekend. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Um, I wanted to clear up because I couldn't, the math was just not adding up. LSU in the tournament, but with Will Wade gone, they added a new coach. So three Southeastern Conference coaches did not get in this tournament, but kept their jobs. Buzz Williams at Texas A&M, Kermit Davis at Ole Miss, and uh, Jerry Stackhouse at Vanderbilt. That's why the math didn't add up. Will Wade is always the problem. Uh, Big X golf cards are ready. The card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Christmas Lake, and Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio gift car- golf card. Supply is limited. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com, or you can call 812-725-1457. Again, you can play Chariot Run, Old Capital, Elk Run, Valley View or Christmas Lake, under $25 a round with cart included. Supplies are limited. Get your Big X Sports Radio golf card now. Let's bring in uh, Nick Curran, a women's play-by-play voice, also a voice of the Louisville Bats. He will be in Wichita this weekend for the Sweet 16. Nick, how are you today? Good, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Looking forward to Wichita, I guess, right? I mean, it is Wichita. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what goes on there. in Wichita. I have no idea what uh, goes on. Me neither. Never been there. It'll be a first trip. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, a nice arena and looking forward to, to seeing what all Wichita has to offer. <laughs> a, a home game for Lamont Russell, the Cards video coordinator. He's a Wichita guy, so he gets to go home for this, which is cool. And, and Peyton Verholz from DeSoto, Kansas, a couple of hours away. So uh, they'll be very comfortable. In their home state. The question will be, if the Cards win Saturday, what's Nick Curran doing on Sunday in Wichita, Kansas? Uh, working. We'll okay. be uh, getting ready for for the game on Monday, um, probably most of that day. I'm sure we'll find something to do on Sunday night around there. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, I'm sure, practice and going to all that, the media availability and, and uh, getting ready for – whoever Louisville would be playing if they're able to, to win on Saturday. All right. What's going right for this team right now and what's not going right for this team right now? I think Jeff Walls is probably never fully happy, but I think he's got to be pretty content with what he saw over the weekend. Yeah, I think so. I think what, what's gone right is what's gone right for this team all year. They're very disruptive defensively and can, can create turnovers and, and create a lot of offense off those and, and make teams a lot of times play faster than they want to play. Um, and so I, I think that's been a consistent thing all year. Um, they've, they've shot the ball obviously very well in the first round on, on Friday and, and uh, enough uh, on, on Sunday to, to, to advance and, and hit some key shots. And, and they've got uh, a couple of clutch, really clutch players and, and any one of them could be, uh, the star on a given night and hit the key shots. It was obviously Haley Van Lith who has had a, a knack for it in the second half and fourth quarter this year, but had that, that individual 8-0 run to kind of uh, put Louisville in front for good on, on Sunday against Gonzaga. And, and obviously Emily Engsler, we know what she can do. And Kiana Smith knocked down some big shots and, and, and others as well. So uh, that's all good. 
I think uh, the things that they want to clean up and, and heard from uh, associate head coach Stephanie Norman after the game on, on Sunday, uh, she talked about obviously the layups. There were some open layups that were missed, and I, I think that's something that they're going to have to, to work on. Um, want to be able to convert more of those turnovers into points, and, and large, a large part of that on uh, on Sunday was because they, they missed layups. And so um, that's a big deal. Got out-rebounded by Gonzaga. Gonzaga, a really good rebounding team, like top 10 in the country, good. So um, nothing to be ashamed of there, but but they'll want to get better on the backboard as well. And I think those are probably two two of the areas. And the layups have been something all year um, to, to make those. And, you know, um, a, a big deal and um, able to overcome that because Emily was able to hit some really tough ones to sort of, counteract the, the the easier ones that that were missed but um that'll be uh, i'm sure a big a big point of emphasis how how has emily Angsler changed this team since she came in this year um i you know i completely I, I think what she's able to do on the defensive end um she individually makes this team so much more disruptive on that end of the floor um, you know they they can press and, and and i think that'd be effective with or without her she she's she makes it a lot tougher when she's coming at you with a trap in the backcourt. She's she's different with her length and her knack for for getting her hand on the ball. But I think especially in the half court, what she's able to do, um, just her instincts and 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 Jeff Walls has talked about this a lot this year. Her instincts for the game, he's he's not seen much like it. Um, she just has a knack. There was a steal uh, in the game Sunday where you know a Gonzaga player kind of caught the ball at about the elbow at the free throw line. And she just comes from behind, knows that player's not really looking and, and knocks it away and gets a steal. Uh, there aren't many that can do that. Uh, her instincts are incredible. And I think what she brings on that end of the floor has, uh, has been amazing and has, has certainly gone a long way to, to making this team what it is. And uh, I also think that, that her rebounding, you know, she's not the, the tallest player, but, uh, but she's in there mixing it up. She plays a lot taller than she is and uh, is really strong and, and is tenacious going after rebounds. Uh, and that was a weakness for Louisville last year, yeah. rebounding, and, and I think was really showed its head in that Elite Eight game against Stanford. So um, her rebounding is something else that's been uh, a huge addition for this team, and that's, of course, not even getting into what she can bring on the offensive end and the skill set, the skill set she has there. But uh, defensively and rebounding, it's, it's been amazing what she's been able to do. Talking to Nick Curran, radio voice of Louisville women's basketball. Um, Tennessee, Saturday, 4 o'clock, uh, ESPN2. But, of course, everybody will be listening to Nick on the WKRD uh, 790. Um, the challenge that Tennessee brings is what? Because it's not the 80s and 90s Tennessee Volunteers. This is not nearly that kind of a team anymore. Uh, what is the trap here against Tennessee? You know, I, I think they're they're certainly on a swing up. You know, they had some tough years, and, and Kelly Harper has that team playing really well. Um, I think you saw it a little bit last night. They've, they've got some good post play, and uh, that'll be a challenge for Louisville to contend with. It'll be interesting to see how they guard that. Um, you know, I, I think Olivia Cochran has had a really good NCAA tournament so far, especially battling in the post uh, on the defensive end. And, and Liz Dixon will get some time in there, too, and, and maybe if the cards go small, Emily a little bit. But uh, they can shoot the ball, too. A clutch three last night to 
to put to put the Lady Vols in front for good and and go on to win. And I, I think they're they're battle tested too. They play in the SEC. That's a tough league year in and year out, like Louisville playing in the ACC. Um, so I, I think all those things, and and I think anytime you get to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, it's going to be a good team you're going to see. And, and all those games, once you get to this point, are, are coin flip games. And I think this is no different. But uh, I, I think it's a you know a, a Tennessee team that always has talent. And I think this year is no different. And and uh, you, you kind of saw it on display last night. That was a really gritty win to be able to pull it out. They were on the ropes against Belmont. And just uh, being able to win that game, I think, tells you a lot. Uh, about this team and it'll certainly be a, a a good one on Saturday I know you can't say it but Belmont blew that game I mean that's uh, I know you can't say that because you've got to be you know you got to keep your cards close to the vest so you, you don't want to cause any controversy here but I will say it Belmont blew that game was the loss in the ACC tournament uh, a blessing in disguise for this little team did I lose Nick I got him back Okay, we're going to try to get Nick back here. I thought I heard a uh, a lightning bolt or something. Now, we're going to have rain for the next, I don't know, 15 days. So, yeah, this is crazy, this weather. It's going to be uh, – it was 73 and gorgeous yesterday. It was absolute, absolute golf weather yesterday. I couldn't believe I was in the studio. Louisville will play Tennessee. The other two members in that bracket in Wichita, South Dakota, the 10 seed who upset Baylor – uh, and they will take on Michigan, uh, Michigan the three seed, and then the winners will play on Monday. Uh, let's see if we – we don't have a game time for that yet. But the full slate is scheduled. You've got four ACC teams who are still alive. Notre Dame and North Carolina State will play in Bridgeport. And I wanted to ask Nick about uh, Connecticut playing in Bridgeport, if that's uh, a fair thing or not, because I'm not sure it is. Uh, North Carolina and Louisville. So four ACC teams are still left. Four Big Ten teams are left. Ohio State upset uh, LSU last night at LSU. They're in. Michigan is in. Uh, let's see. There are two other Big Ten teams in as well. Maryland is in there, and of course Indiana. But we got Nick back. Nick Curran back on the air. I, I was. I didn't mean for you to get angry and hang up on me, Nick. Yeah, sorry. I just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, I, I, what I was saying was Belmont blew that game, and I know you can't say that, so I'll let it go at that. Um, the loss in the ACC tournament by Jeff Wall's team was that a blessing in disguise? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I think. Um, I, I think with the. The women's ACC tournament, especially in most of the big conference tournaments on the women's side, are you play the weekend before Selection Sunday, so uh, you right. get that full week off. So I, I don't think oftentimes a ton of momentum really carries over uh, because you're not jumping right into it. There's a week to sort of decompress. I mean, it's nice to go as far as possible or, uh, or, or if you lose early. I think you can you know, kind of put whatever it is behind you. Um, and, and so I – I don't know that it was a blessing because I think um, Coach Walls has talked about it. He feels like he uh, started to try to rest players, sort of anticipating three games in three days and had some combo combinations out there that, that haven't played a lot together. And uh, he's taken the loss on himself. So because of that, I don't know that there's a lot to, to take from that or learn from. Um, there were some issues in, in a couple of, 
fourth quarters this year, notably NC State for this team. But but I think they learned from those. And uh, I think seeing uh, the Gonzaga game on Sunday was really positive in that because they had the 14 nothing start. Gonzaga came back to go on a 12-0 run. It was a dogfight for a while. Uh, tie game in the third quarter and then an 8-0 run to really go in front for good. So uh, I think they've learned a lot of lessons from over the course of the year. Uh, and I don't know that the, the loss in the ACC tournament was really uh, a blessing, but I do think it helps having that week in between to kind of put it all behind you and renewed focus for the NCAA tournament. Talking to Nick Curran, the UofL women's basketball radio play-by-play voice. Uh, Connecticut being in Bridgeport after two games in stores, is this fair? Uh, I mean, it, as a I don't two know seed, now they're not a one seed. If they were one seed, I would have no problem with it. But as a yeah, two seed, is this fair? I don't know that it's fair, but it's just the way it is. And, um, it, you know, Louisville had to deal with it back in 2019, being the one seed in Albany where uh, UConn was the two seed. There's always uh, a region that's kind of the UConn region. So uh, that's just what it is. And, and they've earned that. Um, they're going to sell out the building. Um, they're they're going to put, you know, people in the stands. And I think that's important. And, and so they, they've earned that right because they are – you know, obviously the most dominant force women's basketball has ever seen. They're they're trying to make their 14th consecutive Final Four. Um, so I don't know that it's necessarily fair, but it is what it is. Uh, next year, things are going to be different on the in the women's tournament. There's only going to be two sites for the, the regional round rather than four. Uh, so that'll be a change from this year and a change from the men's tournament. And I, I don't know offhand what the sites are, but I don't think there's one um, that's, that's up in like a Bridgeport or something like that. So, um, you know, I think it's changing next year, and so we'll, we'll see what that does. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily fair, but I also think that, um, you know, if someone doesn't like it, go win games and, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, things will, things will turn a little bit. But, but it is what it is. Like I said, Louisville had to deal with it a, three years ago in 2019 in Albany, and um, – and we're right there. Could have won that game. So um, I don't think that's an automatic ride for UConn just because they're there. And uh, we'll see what happens. NC State's played as well as anybody in the tournament so far. So if that matchup eventually does happen in the Elite Eight, that'll be a heck of a game. UConn will have to get past Indiana, the Hoosiers, behind uh, Sacred Heart grad uh, Grace Berger uh, with 15 points last night. They held on to be Princeton. Connecticut and Indiana, 2 o'clock in Bridgeport. Before that, Notre Dame-NC State – You've seen both of these teams. I, we've seen in Notre Dame look awful, but we've also seen them win games you thought they weren't going to win. Do they have a shot against North Carolina State? Well, yeah, I think they do. Uh, they, I mean, they were looked really impressive last night, and they, I mean, they beat NC State during the regular season, so um, they definitely have a chance. I think NC State probably licking their chops a little bit, getting an, another shot at Notre Dame. Uh, a team that beat them during the regular year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun if Notre Dame can continue to play uh, like they've played in this NCAA tournament. Um, that is going to be one heck of a game. Those are two of the teams that have played as well as anybody, I think, two games into the tournament, NC State and Notre Dame, if you're just looking at the entire field and they're matching up. So um, tough for the ACC getting four teams into the Sweet 16, but you have two of a matchup right there uh in that game and yeah i think that game could go either way i think notre dame certainly has a chance that they can continue doing what they're doing they have maya dotson on the inside she's a really good sort of foil for elisa kanane who's a really good force inside for uh for nc state and i think 
largely the X factor is is Diamond Johnson off the bench for NC State, a Rutgers transfer who had just been stellar, was really the key to their comeback, I thought, in, in the win uh, over Louisville and Raleigh earlier this year. And uh, Notre Dame doesn't quite have that depth that NC State has, uh, in my opinion. So maybe that plays into it, but I think that's going to be uh, one of the one of the one of many great games coming up uh, here in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Friday, this past Friday, when uh, Kenny Payne was announced as the Louisville coach, they handed out the contract. They also handed out to us media members the new Jeff Walls contract, which sort of went under the radar because everybody was talking about Kenny Payne. But there's a little thing in there. Four years from now, maybe he moves into an administrative role. Has anybody talked about that? Uh, a little bit. I, I think it's just kind of a nice thing, a nice uh, option for him to to have. Look, he's made no bones about it. He says it all the time uh, at press conferences, et cetera. He's not going to do this forever. Um, I don't know if that means he's not going to work out this contract or, or whatever. But I think it's a, a nice little perk to to have added in to show – you know, uh, some some appreciation for everything he's done, that he'll have a spot if he does want to not coach anymore yeah. or whatever. And and I, I think also it's it's kind of the, uh, to some degree, kind of like the, the lifetime contract in, in some way, right? Like, hey, you can move into this administrative role and, and just kind of continue to be with us, uh, even if you're not coaching anymore. So I, I think that's, uh, that's a part of it. And I think that's something that, that, you know, that he embraces, that the opportunity to, to just get recognized as, you know, you've done all this and uh, we're appreciative. And, and so we'll put this in there for you in case things change and you, you don't want to do it anymore. Sam Purcell to Mississippi State when this season is over. That's a feel-good story. I know these players love Sam, Coach Purcell. How could you not? Uh, I mean, just incredible energy and, and a great man and a great family. Uh, Megan and, and his kids are, are awesome on a lot of road trips with us. And, and i uh so happy for them. Uh, and he's going to do a great job there. He, he's an elite level recruiter. It's a great I program too. Doubt about that. No, I mean it's a very storied program, and uh, you know he's very familiar with the SEC. He's an Auburn guy, has deep ties to to Auburn and his family, as it turns out, and then his wife Megan's family. So, um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a great fit, and I, I think he is an elite level recruiter, and and that's where it starts uh, when when you can bring in talent, which he has shown a lot with Louisville he's able to do, uh, you can do a lot from there. And, and he's as a hard worker as there is at X's and O's, breaks down film as much as anybody. Um, that's where he is. He's either recruiting or his nose is in, in, in the laptop breaking down film for a future opponent. So uh, he's going to be really successful because he's worked so hard to, to earn it and has an incredible personality for it. They're going to love him in Starkville, and I think he's going to do a great job. No matter how far Louisville goes here, you've got a quick turnaround because the bats open up on April 5th. Uh, are you researching Louisville bats right now? Are you doing any of that stuff, or are you completely focused on Louisville basketball? Yeah, no, uh, not at all. Uh, I, uh, I, got, I got an email from the the, the St. Paul Saints broadcaster, Sean Aronson. The, the Saints are in town to open yeah. with the bats two weeks from today is opening day. And uh, he emailed me and said, hey, here's some guys that I think might be on our roster. You never know the roster until the day or two before the season. Sure. Uh, and he said, uh, here's some guys I think might be on ours. Do you want to send me some that you think? And I was like, I, it's the furthest thing from my mind. I have no <laughs> idea. So I try to come up with, with a few names. But, yeah, I usually try to get into that mode 
uh, honestly, the day before the season is usually when it ends up <laughs> happening between everything that, that has to go on to, to get ready for the year in the, in the bats office. There's, there's so much that goes into it. And then, you know, with hoops, you never quite know when it's going to finish up. And if, if Louisville does make a run to the national championship game, that would be on Sunday, uh, April 3rd, uh, opening day yeah. for the bats, Tuesday, April 5th, two days later. So, uh, it will be a quick, hopefully very quick turnaround and, and certainly welcome that. And, um, looking forward to, to, uh, to the games being right here on 1450 and 96 one over the course of the season as well. There you go. Uh, nice promo. Well done. Uh, listen, Nick, I know you're busy. Thanks for your time. Enjoy Wichita if you can this weekend and continued success. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. We'll find a way to enjoy Wichita. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Nick Curran, Louisville women's basketball play-by-play, also the voice of the Louisville Bats, uh, heading to Wichita this weekend. Yeah, I don't know what you do in Wichita on Sunday. If the Cards beat Tennessee, uh, that's the 4 o'clock game. You hang around. You watch South Dakota probably taking on the chin from Michigan. Um, and then, you know, it's 9 o'clock. It's, prob- it's 8 o'clock out there. It's... You got, a, you got a Saturday night in Wichita. It's like going to Delaware. No offense, Delaware, but what do you got? I will take a break. Who's the best quarterback in the AFC as the quarterback carousel continues to run? Because there are a ton of guys to choose from. Not so many in the NFC. We'll talk about what happened in the NBA last night as well. I'll try to give you a couple NBA winners tonight. Uh, since that's the only thing we got going right now. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. The Thornton's text line open as well. 414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. And everybody can use a little savings on fuel right now. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Don't forget the Big X golf cards are ready. Card features Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, and Christmas Lake in Santa Claus, Indiana. You can play any of these, any or all of these great courses for under $25 a round with the 2022 Big X Sports Radio Golf Card. Get yours today at BigXSportsRadio.com. Or call 812-725-1457. Again, you can play Chariot Run, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, or Christmas Lake. Under $25 a round, cart included. Supply is limited, so get yours today. I said going into break, who's the best quarterback in the AFC? I think the question might need to be, who is the worst quarterback in the AFC? Because... They're all good. Texter says, what are your thoughts on Matt Ryan to the Colts? Also, where does Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield end up? Boy, if I could, if I knew the answers to these questions, I'd be in Vegas. right? Well, I'd be over Caesars, Southern Indiana, put a little money on somebody. Because if you look in the AFC, the quarterbacks in the AFC now, it's never, ever in the history of the league been this loaded in one conference over the other. In the NFC, you've got Tom Brady, the GOAT, in, in Tampa. You've got Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. You've got, oh, I guess, Dak Prescott in Dallas. Throw him in there. 
Matthew Stafford, obviously, a Super Bowl champion in uh, L.A. with the Rams. Other than that, I don't know who the next best quarterback in the NFC is. Is it Kirk Cousins? Um, Justin Fields? Carson Wentz? And Jalen Hurts? I don't know where to go with this. Seattle doesn't have a quarterback. Carolina doesn't have a quarterback. Atlanta just got Marcus Mariota. He's probably going to be the, the week one starter in Atlanta. And, the, and these teams with early draft choices are not excited about the quarterbacks in this draft class. So the NFC, quarterback-wise, is way in the rearview mirror of the AFC. Who's the worst quarterback in the AFC? Here are your choices. Because I got 12 lined up out of the 16 teams in the in the conference. I've got 12 teams lined up that are set and are ready to go at quarterback. Miami's got Tua Tungavailoa. The Jets have Zach Wilson. The Browns, well, the Browns are good. The Steelers have Mitch, don't call me Mitchell Trubisky. And the Texans have Davis Mills, who was great at the end of the year, and he's going to be the starter. I don't know how good he is. So who's the best quarterback in the AFC? You start with Patrick Mahomes because he's Patrick Mahomes, and he's always been great, and he's flashy, and he's fun to watch. He's been to two Super Bowls. He's won one. He's still young. Then I go Joe Burrow. What Joe Burrow did last year without an offensive line, and by the way, he's going to have an offensive line this year, was nothing short of miraculous. He put that team on his shoulders. You had great skill position players, pretty good defense, not great, but a good enough, solid enough defense, terrific kicking game, top top five special teams game. But Joe Burrow, what he did in the playoffs, not to mention the regular season, but what he did in the playoffs is it's something legends are built around. That Bengals team shouldn't have been in a Super Bowl. Too young, not a good enough offensive line. That's it. And way too young. Not ready Not ready yet. And yet there they were, and they had a chance to beat the Rams. I'm going to put Justin Herbert third. His numbers last year, he had, he had the best numbers in the league, and he's just going to get better. I'm putting Josh Allen fourth in Buffalo. He's a difference maker. He will not only throw you to victory, he will run you to victory as well. Then I'll go Lamar, Jackson, and Baltimore. I think he's great. Um, He's got to stay healthy. Hopefully, you know, I think the Ravens have done a lot in this offseason to to get their name back up there. And if he's fully healthy, Lamar Jackson, I expect to have another MVP-type season. I'm five quarterbacks deep now in the conference, and I'm talking about an MVP candidate. Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. All five of those guys. I I can make an argument for voting for them for MVP next year right now. Not voting for them, but betting on them to be MVP next year. You got Deshaun Watson. I know he didn't play last year. He's now in Cleveland where he originally didn't want to go. Now it's not too cold. Okay, well, when you get $230 million guaranteed money, all of a sudden the, the weather is not a factor. But before he didn't play last year, before he sat out the year, before the sexual misconduct allegations, he's a great quarterback. The, the year he had two years ago in Houston 
with a bad team, the numbers he put up were astounding. If he gets right back on that horse again, Cleveland is going to have maybe not a great person, but they're going to have a great quarterback. Then you got Russell Wilson. He's in Denver now. He's got weapons. He's proven he could get it done in Seattle. Super Bowl champion. Had another Super Bowl, um, you know, until Pete Carroll decided to throw the ball instead of give it to Marshawn Lynch. They had another Super Bowl one. So those seven guys, Mahomes, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson, that's an all-star. That's a Hall of Fame lineup of quarterbacks. Now, the next tier down, I'm going to go Matt Ryan, who got introduced yesterday in Indianapolis as the new quarterback of the Colts. And by the way, to answer the texter's question, that is an upgrade from Carson Wentz. That is an upgrade. You're going to have the same weapons. You're going to, still going to have a great defense in Indy. Jonathan Taylor, tremendous running game, good offensive line. Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz. It's literally that simple. You got Derek Carr, fourth best quarterback in his own division behind Mahomes and Herbert and Russell Wilson. But he's very, very good. Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders. You got Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. Very serviceable quarterback, a above-average quarterback. Then you got Trevor Lawrence, right? Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Jacksonville stinks. Yes, they do. But they made a lot of moves in this offseason. They spent a lot of money to get better. Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick in the draft for a reason. For a reason. Uh, so the AFC. I don't know. I don't know. Looks good. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, I said this yesterday. I think he is going to succeed in Pittsburgh. Now, the Steelers are in a tough spot here because they got a really good defense. The running game was was not as good last year as, was, as it was anticipated. Maybe it'll be better. Offensive line, got a couple of holes. But you're in the division now with Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. It's going to be tough. But I think Mitchell Trubisky can actually win in Pittsburgh. Let's give you a couple winners tonight. LeBron had 38 points, 12 rebounds, uh, 12 assists, 11 rebounds last night. The Lakers won in Cleveland, 131-120. He said after the game he's having the time of his life. Yeah, I don't know that that's uh, 100% accurate. The Lakers are going to be in the play-in series there before the playoffs begin. Anthony Davis is hurt. Russell Westbrook has not been what LeBron needed him to be. But he's having the time of his life. 19th season, he's going to lead the league in scoring. Think about that. All right, two games on TNT tonight, Atlanta and the Knicks in New York. I'm going to take the Hawks and give the two points on the road. This is just a better team pick here. The Hawks need a win, too for playoff um, implications. And then the late game on TNT, Clippers at Denver. Denver's a seven-point favorite. Uh, you know what? The Clippers have played pretty well. They're in line for a playoff spot, a play-in game spot. I'm going to take the Clippers in the seven. I don't think they beat Denver in Denver, but I'll take the Clippers. 
Thanks for listening. Be back tomorrow for Hump Day. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.